Well, if you'll take your Bibles and turn to Isaiah chapter 40, we're going to look at verses 28 through 31 this morning. The title of the message is Fix Up My Strength. You know that we're in a series that I've called Fixer Upper, and uh, I uh, took the series idea from the uh, series on HGTV by the same name, hosted by Chip and uh, Joanna Gaines, and really a a wonderful program and a great, uh, wonderful Christian couple as far as I can tell. And I got the idea that we probably need some areas of our lives fixed up. And last week we talked about fixing up our spirit, and this week we're going to speak of fixing up our strength. Now let me talk just a little bit more about Larry and Susie. As you have heard and already know, they are down at Port Canaveral uh, this morning, and they're getting ready to uh, <clears throat> go on a, uh, an eight-day cruise. The Martins have served in this ministry for a very long time. They've, they've served here in September. It'll be 10 years, and that is <clears throat> a long time. And uh, I will just tell you that Larry... Larry is officially the minister of music and, and, or worship leader. They have a lot of different names in different churches, so call him what you want to call him. He's, he does what he does. Uh, <clears throat> Susie is unofficially the minister of music, uh, the worship leader, uh, whatever you want to call her, because the truth is they are a team, and <clears throat> they are peanut butter and jelly, and you can't have one without <clears throat> the other. And let me just say this. They do not operate like anyone else in this ministry. If you know them very well, which I do, uh, you know that they don't operate. I would encourage you, if you ever visit Larry in his office, I would encourage that, first of all, that you make sure that you are current on all of your vaccinations uh, because uh, you could pick up something uh, there in the office. I would also recommend that you sketch your route in so you can find your way out. Uh, <clears throat> one of the funniest things is that when Larry and Susie came here and interviewed, the former minister of music was very, very messy. Very messy. Love him, good guy. You loved him, but very, <clears throat> very messy. And when Larry and Susie came here, I apologized to them for the condition of the office where they were going to be. There have been many times since that I've walked in the office and laughed about the apology that I gave them because Brother David, truly, Brother David uh, was a Felix of Oscar and Felix compared to Brother Larry. I mean, stuff is absolutely everywhere because he has a bunch of things going on at the same time, and usually uh, he... uh, he comes in after everybody else is here. Don't, don't come here at 9 o'clock or 9.30 or 10 and say, where's Brother Larry? Because nobody knows. Uh, <clears throat> but by the same token, if you ever need him at 10 o'clock at night, this is a good place to check because he is always here and Susie typically with him until late in the night. <clears throat> now I'm going to continue on with a little bit about Larry and Susie. Recently, Larry went through months of medical issues and uh, yet he continued <clears throat> to be in the services, and uh, I don't even know that he missed a service. And he had a, has a tremendous level <clears throat> of commitment, and I think all of us know of the level of commitment of Larry and Susie Martin. Uh, if you attend the North Florida Passion Play, surely you get <clears throat> some idea, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> some idea of the commitment that they have. Now, knowing them well, 
it was apparent to me, <clears throat> and I think to many of you, that they needed to fix up their strength. They <clears throat> had been worn down. I mean drained all the way down. They were just about to run out of gas. And so <clears throat> the church, we gave them, you generously donated, and we gave them uh, the cruise <clears throat> that begins for them today. Now, I said all that to say this. From time to time, <clears throat> we all need to have our strength fixed up. Uh, we get knocked down. We get worn down. We fizzle out. <clears throat> we generally come to the end of our rope. And a lot of people, the only thing they know to do <clears throat> is to tie a knot onto the end of the rope and hold on. That's all that they know to do. <clears throat> because <clears throat> they have no other <clears throat> idea of how to, to deal uh, with that. Holding on is part of it. <clears throat> we certainly don't want to come to the end of our rope and let go. But <clears throat> we can't just hold on. There's got to be other things that are available and other things are available. God makes other things <clears throat> available to us. We can't all go on a cruise, but we can all have our strength rejuvenated. Here is what Isaiah had to say on the subject of strength. Isaiah 40 and verse 28. <clears throat> have you not known, have you not heard, the Lord is everlasting, the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understand, understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint, and to him who has no might, he increases strength. Even youths uh, shall faint and be weary, and young men shall fall exhausted. But they <clears throat> who wait on, for the Lord shall renew their strength. <clears throat> they shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. <clears throat> they shall walk and not faint. Well, we all <clears throat> today, we're going to, to look at a very simple and straightforward uh, outline for the message. We're going to talk about our strength, his strength, and new <clears throat> strength. First of all, let's start with our strength. We'll spend a good deal of time here. Everyone loses strength. No one goes on <clears throat> forever without losing a little strength. Even young people <clears throat> have times when their strength fades. That's what verse 30 said, for even youths shall faint and be weary and young men <clears throat> shall fall exhausted. Now, I think that there are probably people here today who could give a testimony that your strength has just gone away. <clears throat> you are just zapped. You are running on empty. You were barely able <clears throat> to get up and get here for the service today. You are at a low or <clears throat> maybe your strength is, is not what it used to be. How is it that <clears throat> we lose our strength? Well, there are a lot of ways to lose your strength. Sometimes losing our strength means that we're ill and <clears throat> we need to go see the doctor and find out what's wrong that we have lost our strength. But I want to give you <clears throat> probably, I think, about three ways that people generally lose their strength. First of all, getting older. As you get older, you lose your strength. There's more than age that can have <clears throat> an effect on our energy. Our weight can, of course, as I said, our health can, our eating, our sleeping habits, <clears throat> general health, they all impact our sense of strength. Oddly enough, one way to safeguard <clears throat> against this kind of drain on our system is to do things that tire us out. That's right. In order to have more strength, you should do some things 
<clears throat> that tire you out, like walking, uh, going to the gym, having a hobby that involves some, some physical exertion, and <clears throat> these things and other things help you uh, to maintain your strength. They tire you out, but they also have a way of <clears throat> invigorating you and making you feel stronger. Here's what Paul said to Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 8. For while bodily training is of some value, godliness is of value in every way, as it <clears throat> holds promise for the present life and also the life to come. Now, we shouldn't forsake <clears throat> the spiritual for the physical, but the physical should not be forsaken either. Uh, it has value. There is value in taking care <clears throat> of yourself physically. Even as you're getting older, there is value in taking care of yourself physically. Many years ago, <clears throat> a long time ago, I decided that part of my duties as a pastor was to try and take care of myself. I, I think that everybody knows that a pastor should, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> that a pastor should read his Bible, <clears throat> pastor should study, pastor should do this, that, and the other. But one of the things that I determined a long time ago that was part of my duty <clears throat> was to take care of myself and to do what I could do within my body type and my ability to keep myself in some kind of good condition. That's why typically I go to the gym three times a week. I don't go to the gym because I plan to go and, and walk around in a Speedo on the beach. That's not <clears throat> the reason that I go. Hunter, you should not be laughing at me just because you've seen me at the gym. Uh, <clears throat> I don't go for that. I go because I'm getting older and I don't want to lose my strength. That's just the truth. If, if you are, it, it doesn't matter what your age is. You should do something to renew your strength. And, <clears throat> and part of that is physical. Now, here's an interesting thing. <clears throat> Our strength, well, I'll tell you what. If these people that are watching by streaming video today, they think that uh, the pastor is about to die. But here's the reality. <clears throat> Let me just look into the camera and tell you people, wherever you may live, that this is Tallahassee, Florida. All right? In Tallahassee, Florida, there is a general condition in the air that uh, is very difficult on all of our lungs. Just listen to the church clear their throat. <laughs> you see what I mean? So... <clears throat> it's just <clears throat> it's just that way <clears throat> and it happens we live with it <clears throat> you live with it too now let me go back to my laughable illustration of going to the gym and you know good and well huh, you know good and well that I am a beast in there and and <clears throat> oftentimes that's exactly right oftentimes people will come by and I'll hear them say is that the pastor of North Florida Baptist Church? And others will say, no, that man is too well built to be the pastor of <clears throat> North Florida Baptist Church. And uh, now that was a lie. I shouldn't have said that <clears throat> in the pulpit. Oddly enough, the combat <clears throat> to getting uh, older, one of the combats to getting older is to take care of yourself with physical exercise. Oddly enough, that's also one of the reasons that we lose our strength is physical <clears throat> exertion. If, if you exert yourself physically uh, for too long, you're going to lose your strength, but you should exert yourself for long enough. Uh, let me give you a concern that I have, and I think most of the people here who are, <clears throat> say, above the age of 40 would understand this. 
<clears throat> the concern that I have is for those who are still young people. And I do have a concern for you. <clears throat> the world that you live in, for a lot of reasons, is very different than the world that I grew up in. You are no longer <clears throat> required <clears throat> to take physical education throughout high school. In fact, it may cut off at the eighth grade or the ninth grade. And <clears throat> you're not required after that. When, when I was coming up, we had to take phys ed all the way through high school and our freshman year in college. <clears throat> and quite honestly, unless a young person today plays a sport or works at a physically challenging job in the summer, <clears throat> they are not getting a healthy dose of physical exercise. Uh, I would encourage every parent to encourage your child to do something. In fact, put them in a way where they have to do something. Put them in a sport where they have to do something. Make them do something because they are not getting <clears throat> the physical exertion that they need on a regular basis. Physical exertion has a positive benefit, but as a point that I'm making, it's also physically tiring. If not controlled, it can have an adverse <clears throat> uh, effect on you physically, spiritually, and, and emotionally. You can recall an Old Testament prophet named Elijah who faced off with the prophets of Baal. Do you remember that? <clears throat> Elijah faced off with the prophets of Baal, and then he ran for quite a distance and ended up in exile. And he reached such a low point uh, physically <clears throat> that he thought his life was worthless. After the, his victory over the prophets of Baal, he ran 17 miles from Mount Carmel to Jezreel, and he ran <clears throat> those 17 miles. And once he got there, he found out that Queen Jezebel wanted to kill him. So he went another day's journey into the wilderness where he sat down exhausted under a tree. Now, what was the mindset of this guy who was <clears throat> physically exhausted, who had lost his strength? Well, let's look to the Bible. In First Kings chapter 19 and verse 4, but he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and he sat down under a broom tree. <clears throat> King James Version says a juniper tree. And he asked what he might, uh, that he might die, <clears throat> saying, Is it enough now, O Lord? Uh, it, is it enough now, O Lord? Take away my life, for I am no better than <clears throat> my father's. You've heard it said that somebody had too much of a good thing. Sometimes that can happen in life. We get tired. We get tired out. Our strength is gone. Why do we lose our strength? <clears throat> we lose our strength because we grow older. We lose our strength because of physical exertion. Here's another reason that we lose our strength. We lose our strength because of well-doing. Uh, we just get tired <clears throat> of well-doing. On Wednesday nights, we're studying the book of Galatians. And one of the bits of wisdom that Paul gives to the Galatian church is in Galatians 6, 9. And let us <clears throat> not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. Sometimes people get tired of doing the right thing. Sometimes our strength runs out because we have been doing the right thing for so long, maybe without seeing visible or tangible results, we <clears throat> just get tired. Good people who are doing the right thing often come to a place of saying, what's the use? That happens all the time. People just get tired and they say, what's the use? There are a lot of reasons that our strength wears down and, and need fixing up. Let me give you just one more and then we'll move on. And that is <clears throat> that we're simply running the race. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 1 says, 
Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside, <clears throat> uh, let us lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Now, regardless <clears throat> of how anyone represents themselves, I want to say this again, regardless of how anybody may represent themselves, <clears throat> we all get tired running the spiritual race. It is an emotional, <clears throat> it is a spiritual, it is a <clears throat> physical drain on us. It's just tiring running the race. That's just the truth. Some people choose to quit because the race has tired them out, but that's not the answer. The answer <clears throat> is to find how to fix up your strength. The answer is to find how to renew your strength. And the place we turn to is God. And the reason that we turn to God for fixing up our strength is because God has a unique strength. It's a strength unlike anyone else's strength, a source unlike any other source. Here's what the Apostle Paul said in Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Him who strengthens me. So Paul knew that if you really want to renew your strength, you go to a source who can renew your strength. What source can renew your strength? God is the source who can renew your strength. Now we have seen our strength, and we know that He is the source for renewed strength. So let's look for a moment at His strength. Now here's what we know about God's strength. First of all, <clears throat> we know that God doesn't lose strength. When we think about God, even though God is spirit and we can't see God with our physical eyes, we think of, <clears throat> we get this image. I think a lot of people get the image of God that He is an old uh, person, <clears throat> that He is, is, uh, has a long white beard and, and walking with a staff and wearing a white robe and walks kind of slow because after all, God, after all, God is really, really old. And I think <clears throat> there are people who really think that way. Who knows what God looks like? Like I said, God is a spirit. And those who worship God worship Him in spirit, according to John 4, 24. I'm sure that when we get to heaven, we're going to have the ability to see the manifestation of God. I don't know exactly how that's going to work. <clears throat> but I believe that we're going to have the ability to see the manifestation of God. From our text, we can see three things about the strength of God. And the reason we want to see these three things about the strength of God is because if we're going to renew our strength, we're going to end up going to God for our strength. Now, like I said, you can go to the gym, but, but beyond that, <clears throat> there is something for which we need to go to God. And so what is it about the strength of God that makes Him worthy of us going to Him? Well, first of all, God is <clears throat> everlasting. So His strength is everlasting. Verse 28 of our text, have you not known, have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, <clears throat> the creator of the ends of the earth. Now, have you ever thought about the words everlasting? The word everlasting is quite a remarkable word. Everlasting. <clears throat> We are impressed with things that are long-lived, but everlasting. You buy a car that has a 50,000-mile warranty on it, and if you're old enough to remember, you, you say to yourself, you know, I know there's some cars that only have a 36,000-mile warranty. And we really <clears throat> like the idea of something with a 50,000-mile warranty. 
houses that are over 100 years old and are still in good shape are impressive to us because they've lasted so long. And people, people who get advanced in years and are still able to to be spry and move about and have quick minds and all that kind of thing, those are impressive to us. We like having something that's got some age to it. At home, I have a, a little porcelain dog. It's a, uh, it's a Westie, and it's a China dog. It's about this size right here, and it's a China dog, and its ears are tipped out in gold, and its nose and eyes are tipped out, and its tail's tipped out in gold. It belonged to my grandmother when she was a little girl. Now, <clears throat> that's going to put it 125 years old at least or older. That's going to make it <clears throat> quite advanced in, in years. I'm pretty, <clears throat> I'm pretty impressed with that. You may have some impressive uh, antiques, but God, God is everlasting. <clears throat> From as far as eternity is in the past to as far as eternity will go in the future, God is. Now that's mind-blowing. There are certain things that will really blow your mind. You ever, uh, there, I, in fact, I can't think about this. The, the times that I don't dream and I wake up the next day, I have thought to myself before, I wonder what it was really like for me to be asleep. You ever thought about that? We don't know what it's like to be asleep because we're unconscious when we're asleep. And I, I kind of wonder sometimes, what is it like to be asleep when you're not dreaming? I mean, that's a mind blower. I also think about the everlasting God, that there is no beginning and there is no end to God. Now, we are impressed with things that are old that had a beginning and have lasted a long time. But when it comes to God, God is from eternity to eternity. He has always been. The Bible says, in the beginning, God. It doesn't say, in the beginning, something else, and then God came along. In the beginning, God. So what does that mean? That means that before the beginning, there was God. Because God did something in the beginning. He created the heavens and the earth. So God is an everlasting God. He always was in that direction, and He always will be in that direction. What we're trying to figure out is where we're going to get some strength when our strength is low and needs fixing up. Well, we're going to have to get it from God because God's strength is everlasting. You know what else it is? It's ever ready, like the battery, you know? It's ever ready. Verse 28, he does not faint or grow weary. Verse 29, he gives power to the faint and to him who has no might, he increases strength. Here's what the Bible says about God. The Bible says that he neither slumbers nor sleeps. He doesn't take a nap and he doesn't go down for a long rest. God is always ready. Now we have to sleep. Sleep is part of our strength. The strength of God is in who he is, not in how he takes care of himself. God doesn't have to take care of himself. He is the eternal God. God can eat what he wants to if God eats. You on the other hand and and me, we have to kind of watch what we eat unless we just want to be huge. We have to watch what we eat. God is, is ready. He's always ready to help us. 
Because God is not asleep. God is not tired. He's ready to help us with our fainting strength. And and he is ready to help us with our weakened state. The majesty of God is seen in the miracles of God. But it's also seen in his interest in keeping us renewed and keeping us rejuvenated every day. The fact that we can wake up in the morning and go another day is testament to the strength and the readiness of God. God does that. God gets you up in the morning. You say, well, no, no, no. I get up on my own or the alarm clock gets you you up on your own. Uh, Look, friends, let me say something to you. If God decided you were not going to get up this morning, you wouldn't get up this morning. It's just that simple. God is ever ready to give you strength. There's so many aspects to God's strength that are amazing. And why are they so amazing? Because of this. God is ever growing. Now, I don't mean he's developing. I mean, in regard to us, he is ever growing. Added to the words of God's strength are these interesting, is this interesting little phrase. His understanding is unsearchable. That means in our minds and in our hearts, what we can understand of his strength, his wisdom, whatever it may be, Whatever we can understand, it's unsearchable. It's always growing. The limits are always getting bigger. I will tell you this. No matter how much you study and research and know about God, He's more than you can know. I preach on the majesty of God. I preach on it not because I understand it, but so that we can appreciate that we can't understand it. Every person who has ever walked on this earth and anyone who is living today has a peer. We all have a peer. That is, there's someone who can call us by our first name. No matter who it is, there's somebody who can call them by their first name. There's somebody who can joke around with them. There's someone who can poke them in the ribs. Everybody has a peer, but God has no peer. Think about that. I mean, you may think pretty highly of yourself. I don't really think that you think highly of yourself, but, but you may think pretty highly of yourself. There may be somebody watching at home or somebody you know who they really, they think they're all that, you know. But the truth is they have a peer. And most of them not only have peers, they are subordinate to someone. Not so with God. He has no peer in strength. He has no peer in holiness. He has no peer in understanding. God has no peer in power and majesty. Uh, You name the category, and God is far beyond everyone in that area, and the reason is because he's unsearchable. How can I tell you of the wisdom of God? I cannot even comprehend the wisdom of God. How can I tell you of the beauty of God? I cannot even comprehend the beauty of God. How can I tell you of his strength? I can't comprehend his strength. God is unsearchable. And when we research anything, we try to go from what we know to the unknown. The the way that you study, and I, I talked about this the other night, is you go from the known to the unknown. But with God, he is unsearchable. God is unsearchable. That means this. The only thing that we know of God is what he has revealed to us and what he wants us to know. That's why I'm always amused at these spiritual spit and whittle clubs that try and tell you more than God has told you in his word. 
God is unsearchable. And, and you think you figured out God and you figured out nothing. Our, our mission is not to figure out God. Our mission is to have faith in God, is <clears throat> to believe in God. We'll get to that in just a moment. God is much more than we could ever think him to be. He is so much stronger than we can imagine. Think of the strength of a God who can say that if our faith was only the size of a mustard seed, we could move mountains with it. Yet God is unsearchable. How vast and powerful and mighty is a God like this? I can't even say it and you can't even think it. But we know that it is. And we know that he is willing to rejuvenate us and to fix up our broken down strength. A God who is so great in strength that his strength and might and majesty and love and whatever you want to say, that all of that is unsearchable. A God so great like that is willing to fix up our strength. Does that not, is that not just a tad bit mind-blowing? God is willing to do that. Here's what we've seen. Our strength drains down for a lot of reasons. His strength, so great it's unsearchable. He's everlasting. He's ever ready. God is uh, ever growing as far as the fact that the more we know, the more we realize we, we don't know about Him. There's just one thing left, and that is new strength. We spent a good deal of time talking about what <clears throat> those things that cause our strength to fail, what they are. What about some new strength? We know there's to be much more than we have covered in this message. And we have looked at only a shadow of the strength and the power and the majesty of God. Yet we know that He is willing, if not eager, to renew our strength, our broken down strength. Now, how does that come about? And before I, I get to telling you how that comes about, let me just ask you once again, think about yourself. Are you just tired, worn down, tired in your family, tired in, in school, of school, tired at work, tired in marriage, tired physically? Tired, your, you, does your strength need to be renewed? Do you need it for it to be fixed up? Well, here are three things. First of all, ask. Ask. The psalmist was wise enough to ask for restoration of his spirit and his strength. Psalm 51, 12. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me with a willing spirit. You know, there are a lot of things in life that we could have that we don't have because we simply don't ask. We just don't ask. If you're weary, ask God to renew your strength. God has so many things to give us. If only we will ask. James said that God will give us wisdom if we will ask. Here's, here's some more wisdom from the psalmist in Psalm 84 and verse 11. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. Are you tired? Here's what we typically say. Oh, I don't know what I'm going to do. I am so worn out. I don't know what I'm going to do. Well, here's what you need to know. That his strength 
is unsearchable, unbelievable, tremendous. Ask from him for you. Here's the second thing. Go. Now, what does that mean? Well, I started this message telling you of Larry and Susie leaving for their cruise today. This is actually a biblical principle. Jesus told his disciples that they needed a break. In Mark chapter 6 and verse 31, he said to them, Come away by yourselves to a desolate place and rest a while. For many were coming and going, and they had no leisure even to eat. The King James Version says, Come apart for a while. We used to say, We need to come apart before we come apart. A lot of people make the mistake of burning the candle at both ends and thinking that makes them a better person, that makes everybody like them more, that, makes, that, that gives them more character, and so on. Now, I believe in hard work, and we all ought to believe in hard work. And, and you know, the idea that if anybody's going to eat, they ought to work is, is a good idea. It's right. But for whatever reason, there are a lot of people who feel like they can't even take a break. They can't even take a day off. <clears throat> In my early ministry, I was like this. For, for many, many years, in fact decades, I worked a full day, Monday through Friday. And then I studied almost all day Saturday until about 2 in the afternoon on Saturday. Then I would preach twice on Sunday. Then I would pick it up and start again on the following Monday, every day, all day, Saturday and then Sunday, and on and on and on it goes. And here's what I thought, and there's the reason I thought this. I thought that this is what people expected me to do. I really did. I thought, well, you know what, I won't be as good a pastor if I don't do it like this. And you know what I came to realize? Nobody expected me to do that. God didn't even expect me to do that. He didn't expect the disciples to do that. We shouldn't expect anyone. We shouldn't expect anyone to work so much that they can never take a break. Now, you say, well, preacher, you don't know my business. You don't know my job. You don't know whatever. I know that I don't know that. But I'll tell you what I do know. I know that mindset. And I know what that mindset will do. That mindset will It'll be injurious to yourself, to your health. It'll be injurious to your family. It, it, will, it does not help you to be a better person to just completely kill yourself. It just doesn't. You've got to go once in a while. Occasionally, you've just got to go. You've got to, as, as the, the senator uh, who was in a committee meeting this, this week and his phone went off and everybody heard the theme from Frozen, let it go, let it go. <laughs> well, you know what? That's not theology, but it's pretty good advice. Occasionally, you've just got to let it go. Now, if you're, let's say, less than a diligent person, let's say that you're a little... You're really less than a diligent person. When I say something like that, you say, all right. Yay. Well, that doesn't mean that I'm not saying to you to lose all balance in life. Life's not a vacation. 
you know, I, I used to say life is hard and then you die. And, <clears throat> and it's true. But people who somehow or another feel like they can't let anything go. They're, they're, some of you are business people. Some people have a business and some businesses have people. Some of you are homeowners. Some of you own a home and some of your homes own you. I could go on and on with that. You understand what I'm saying? There is a balance that has to be struck. But I'm telling you, it is a biblical formula and from the mouth of Jesus himself that once in a while you need to go. Once in a while you need to get away. You do need to get away. Make it timely, make it appropriate and so forth. But when you go, go. Now, I hope Larry and Susie aren't watching this, but, but I'm just going to go ahead and tell you that Susie Martin has the hardest time going. I made a joke earlier. I said, did it, do y'all get your email about your instructions and so forth? That's the way Susie is. Susie, she sent me an email on Saturday and said, uh, Pastor, uh, would you make this announcement? Please make this announcement about the Mother's Day. Uh, and she gave me everything that was in the announcement. She didn't tell me that she had already given it to my wife. She didn't tell me that she had already printed it out and told my wife to put it on my chair on Sunday morning. My answer to Susie was, yes, Susie, I will take care of this. Then I switched to all caps, and I said, now, you and Larry have a great trip and forget about this stuff. And that's not just a word to Susie. That's a word to all of us. There are times we just need to let it go. And if we don't, we're not going to have our strength renewed. Well, there's three things to get new strength, and they all relate to God. We ask, we go. That says God, doesn't it? We, we go, and then the third thing is we wait. Isaiah 40, 31, but they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Now, I want to give you some closing words, very, very practical. I hope you'll get this. Living for the Lord is not a force. It's it's. Living for the Lord is not like being an offensive lineman on a football team. An offensive lineman on a football team does things by force and technique. They have to explode off the ball, and they have to, they've got to hit that guy across from them, and they've got to hit him with such technique that it takes them out of the play. That is not what living the Christian life is like. It's the life of faith. It is the life of waiting for God's answer while doing what we're supposed to do in the waiting time. We have to learn to wait on God. And if you think about it, you might as well wait on God. What are you going to do to change the hand of God before God's hand is ready to move? What are you going to do? You say, well, shouldn't we pray? Well, yes, we should always pray, but we should never worry. We should never force. We should never tire ourselves out trying to make God do something. There's nothing that you can really do 
until God gets ready to act. Now, I'm going to get some criticism for what I'm about to say and how I'm going to end this message. And let me just tell you, I hear your criticism, so you don't really even have to say it or send it to me. But I know I'm going to get some criticism. Living the Christian life in such a way that that you renew your strength and you can continue on is less like being a football player and more like being a dancer. The music of the Holy Spirit plays and God takes the lead. When we try to lead, we make a mess of it. We fight against the leadership of God. It's not beautiful. It's not in step. It just tires us out. It frustrates us. It makes us look and act awkward. And people step back and say, what's going on with them? Oh, they're out of step with God. They're trying to lead. They're tiring themselves out. But when God takes our hand and God leads us through the steps of life, the music of the Spirit fits the steps of our lives. And instead of being frustrated and fighting God, we are moving with God at the music of the Holy Spirit. And we do get tired, but it's a good tired at the end of the day. It's a tired that when we pillow our heads at night at the end of the day, having been on the floor with God all day and letting Him lead, we pillow our heads looking forward to the music playing the next day. And we live to waltz with God another day. It's really kind of simple. Just follow God's lead. Now, in the words of Leanne Womack, I hope you dance with God.